0: This episode of Blue Shirts Breakaway is brought to you by you, the fans. That's right. Go to patreon.com slash Breakaway today to get access to our BSBOTs, our Discord, and much more. Today's episode, you're never going to believe this, but Greg does an interview without me. I know I've just been a busy boy. Greg was so nice to do an interview with our friend Ethan, the People's Insider, about a bunch of stuff that I don't know. So it's a mystery to you, and it's a mystery to me. Greg and I also talk about my misery of a sports weekend in everything that's not rangers and uh we also answer some five-star questions so hope you're having a wonderful summer let us go to the show but first mark messier hi everybody it's mark
1: messier and you're listening to blue shirts breakaway the number one rangers podcast
0: welcome to the butchers breakaway i am your host ryan mead i'm here with my co-host greg Kaplan. and greg i'm fucking miserable <laughs> 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 I, you know you know like oh, look i know you're a mets fan so you know what this feels like yeah and, i do i sure do and uh i i'm it's usually you that comes on the show and gives these kind of rants that are um like what it's like being a miserable sports fan. Yeah, I usually come on do some optimism mm-hmm. and and like oh you know it's okay like these are these things are these things happen. like bro, this is one of the worst sports weekends I've <laughs> had in my whole fucking life. It's actually not close. The if the Rangers did like if if someone to- I, I'm I'm gonna jinx it. Fuck it. If someone was hurt right now and out for the year on the Rangers. It would be my fault. That's uh-huh. where we're at, and this, you could cut that when it happens and, and blame me because this this entire weekend was trash. Do you want Let's me? Go- uh,
1: yeah, you want me to try to? St- I'm trying to guess what the least impactful was that still made you miserable to most impactful. The, uh, yes, go ahead. Uh, I'm gonna say Liverpool. The moment Liverpool had the VAR goal removed from going up to nothing to everything else that happened in that game definitely started this.
0: This is, this is, that is like number seven, and it's like yep. a gap. Yep. Uh, <laughs> it's a gap.
1: Liverpool thought they agreed to a 60 plus million dollar deal with Southampton for Romeo Lavia just for Lavia to say, fuck you, I want to go to Chelsea.
0: After being only Liverpool for months, him uh-huh. saying, I only want Liverpool, and because they spurned him for the next reason you're going to say,
1: yep. yes. Moises Caicedo, a 21 year old who now broke the English. Transfer record. Liverpool all of a sudden said, we have all this money. Why not use it on Caicedo? Not only did you not get Caicedo, Southampton made you pay more money for Lavia just for Lavia to say, go
0: fuck yourself. Yes. And then Caicedo signed a nine-year deal with Chelsea, which does not not matter apparently for the fair play rules at all. Yeah,
1: they launder money. It's fine. Everything Chelsea does is terrible, and they're a terrible organization.
0: Cool. Yeah, yeah, that's on there. You can keep going, though, because it gets crazier. (laughs)
1: Yep. So the Fantasy Baseball League that everybody knows we talk about way too much that you care deeply about – uh, you got fucked out of the playoffs and I last was day winning year.
0: in a huge way and uh-huh. the person I hate the most other than you in yep. the league did it to me on the yep. last day.
1: And the big reason why this happened to you on the last day is because your favorite baseball team, Star Shortstop, the first player that has ever been had money spent on him by your said favorite team, is apparently diddling around someone who can't even celebrate uh, a uh, uh, uh,
0: Allegedly is doing one of the most disgusting things you could do as a human being. Yes, Gregory. Short- that was my entire sports weekend. There is a pure disgust you could feel when that f- that final thing that you just said comes over over like your timeline you just like the first thing you think to yourself is Please, God, do not let this be true. Like, this uh-huh. taints sports fandom for you as a fan. Like, you're like, this is a guy I rooted for. I've been following for years. Is he a little bit of a nutcase? Absolutely. Are a lot of these guys nutcases? Yes. And those are things you could put aside. I can put aside bad attitudes. I can put aside being a bad teammate, fighting with Randy or Rosarena. Hey, you know what I can't put aside? These allegations. I can't, I can't do that. So when I go to turn on a raise game now, which is like what something I do in in the month of august because i just we just talked about everything else there's no ranger stuff i would kill for a ranger game right now after the weekend i would kill for the rangers to lose 3-0 just to feel something and that's that's where i'm at lafreniere has it signed and to see this a player like i i bought a jersey of like that is sickening and and even if it's disproven even if all these things come out it's still something you have to sit with as a fan yeah Maybe like is this a guy who maybe did this, or just got proven otherwise? And that fucking sucks, dude. I I, I the whole weekend, it is pure. It was at my best friend's wedding in Puerto Rico, experiencing one of the worst sports weekends of my life. I, the entire I mean, time,
1: another baseball player betraying you and the Franco family. I just don't understand why <laughs> you put faith in them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't know why you ever had faith in this it guy. He was right there the whole time, Greg, and I didn't listen. It was oh, in front my of God. my face. So I know I usually don't come on these podcasts with this kind of fire. I yeah. usually come on with some sort of reasonable positive boy take. Uh-huh. And this week, Greg, I couldn't be further from that truth. Lothranier needs to sign. This Ranger team needs to start get going. And I swear to God, if they start slow, I will be goddamn miserable. Because now I'm thinking about how this team is just so old. I'm watching Chris Kreider get married, have dance moves that I always knew he had, Mika Zabinajad be at the wedding, he's going to be a dad, Artemi Panarin's ball, and we're not rebuilt at all. We're old fucking team, and we're on the last goddamn legs. <laughs> oh, that's August.
1: Yeah, sorry. I, you know, I, I'm battling a 72-hour stomach virus, which has uh, crippled me. Um... But outside of that, let's see. The Mets gave up three touchdowns in one game on Saturday.
0: <laughs> oh, I saw that. I was like, in Mets history, huh? Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's hard I, to do. Look, I,
1: if you combine the scores from the two games the Mets played that day, it's four touchdowns. So, yeah, that's hard to do. Yeah, I was at a one-year-old's birthday and had a lovely day. And then I came home, didn't watch a second of that game, uh, did watch all of season four of High School Musical, the musical, the series. So I'm all caught up on that.
0: Of course. Of course.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I didn't know it was the final season and I don't know how I feel about it because they resolved fucking nothing in season four. So interesting decision in my eyes, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. No, you had a really terrible weekend. Meanwhile, uh, I won my division.
0: Oh, um, my God. I can't <laughs> wait this, bro. The, the salt? The salt? I know nobody gives a shit about this fantasy baseball team, and they shouldn't. The salt that was poured in all my wounds today? Was yeah. All rightful. But, God, it hurts.
1: Yeah, well, let's see. Why did I win my division this year? My two best offensive players <laughs> are guys named Fernando Tatis Jr. and yes. Adley Rushman. Two yes, guys people. I would not have if not for your direct action Yeah, I'm aware of this. Um, I'm aware of this. The good news for you is you have the top prospect in Bay. No, you don't because you no, have No, I the don't. I one. took it
0: because I thought I had Walter Franco for the next decade. And guess what? He's dating a 14-year-old, right Ryan, Ryan,
1: Ryan, the point I made in our fantasy baseball slack today is the best point I've ever made about anything in my entire life. You yes. and I talk on this podcast twice a week. Twice we a week. And Could especially in draft season. In draft season – we say the ter- the words best player available probably 200 times per episode. And mm-hmm. how we, we keep saying, regardless of position, take the best player available. does not matter. At worst case, what you have is a high-priced asset or a high-valued asset that you can move to address a need down the future. Just take the best player available. We go through this all the time. And what yep. do you do in these fantasy drafts? The I, two times I, you had the number one pick. The two times.
0: I did not take. I still believe in Jason Dominguez. That's
1: Jason. fine. One of one, the player you believe in. The player you didn't take is already in Major League Baseball All Star. <laughs> I
0: got it. And I'm trying. And the number two catcher in baseball by fantasy value. I feel like we should talk about the Rangers, but I don't even know what to say. It's like, congratulations to Chris Ryder. Nothing, nothing has happened. Chris Ryder,
1: big suspender boy. I am too a big suspender boy. Believe in the I, suspenders, people. Was
0: there anything le- like less surprising than the ability that Chris Kreider has in, the, as in dance moves? He just went out there and did something I could never do if I trained for 15 years. The only thing yet- surprising is I didn't
1: see one old man take saying, oh, he's practicing his dance moves. He couldn't practice breakaways against the fucking devils.
0: Well, we still I didn't see seen, one of those. Still haven't seen one your workout video. just would like to see one. That's all. Well, Ill. he's not Ill. Ill. under Ill. Ill. contract.
1: Why should he be working out?
0: That's true. I mean, they're not paying him. So <laughs> why is he going to work out?
1: I saw I, there was some French... Stuck some french interview he did this weekend where he said just because i don't have a contract i have no reason to believe i'm not a big part of the rangers future blah 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 and i was like cool great yeah
0: he's like me and my agent are working on it. it's coming soon like cool yeah we know it's gonna sign like the last week of august, august i did Tuesday, this PA was camp. a point
1: uh, i have a great interview that you are not a part of wonderful this is correct i have a crazy day and i'm sorry everybody <laughs> uh, ethan levy the true insider the people's insiders he says comes on the show and we were talking about how once again, in the National Hockey League is the only sport where you can have a highly valuable, and again, Lafreniere is not the only one. Trevor Zegers also doesn't have a contract. If a player of Lafreniere or Zegers' draft history, caliber, potential talent was ever a restricted free agent in the NBA at this point in the offseason, you'd have more think pieces than you knew what to do with.
0: Oh, uh, in the NBA? Yeah. There'd be teams clamoring, just like doing anything they could to get a taste of that talent. Yep. There are teams that would like sell their soul to get like a guy like Zion, who, by the way, <laughs> hasn't really even, uh, hey, 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 spit, you know, some spit stuff. But anyway, like he, he, ha- he's proven shit. Yeah, he's talented. Like, yeah, he went, yes, he went first overall, but Zion's the closest guy I can think of to Lafreniere, where it's like, yes, he flashes the talent once in a while. It's not always there. It's not like, but, but teams would kill where that's not the case. Teams could offer Sheet Lafreniere right now. They are not doing it. It is not even a discussion. It's a. I think I've seen it brought up one time by the Daily Faceoff. That's it. This entire off season. Like, yep. Could the could the uh, could the Canucks actually offer a sheet? Lafreniere, here's something to click on a Tuesday because you're bored. That's the entirety of the argument. This has been the least offer sheet off season I've ever seen. The least controversy off season I've seen in the NHL since we've been starting. And- well, but at the same time,
1: th- that second part you just said is actually not true. It's just that NHL insiders aren't reporting on it. Vlad Tarasenko had a contract signed with the can, uh, can, uh, Canes, and then he fires his agent and remains a free agent. And everyone said collectively, well, that's interesting, and then refused to talk about it after the fact. How is that not something You're correct. we've seen 2,000-word stories about? We've actually seen no stories about it
0: None uh, in in terms of what actually happened.
1: We which... saw one story from the new agency being essentially saying, well, you know, we don't know if the players' interests were being completely heard so we're taking over now and insiders read that quote
0: and decided not to investigate it at all whatsoever there's been none no investigation whatsoever hey Vlad can you tell us really what happened here no I can't and I won't and there's nobody that's ever going to tell you maybe in 10 years it'll come out And
1: and again this you know what else has gone by the wayside hey remember when Ryan Reynolds wasn't allowed to purchase the Ottawa Senators Yeah, that was a little,
0: not a little weird. That was very weird.
1: Especially now that I'm seeing nothing but Welcome to Wrexham ads on my television anywhere I go. For for season two. Yeah. I'm even, I was stunned. I mean, it makes sense, but stunned that I was watching a Premier League match on Peacock and they had to run an ad for Hulu because Welcome to Wrexham is that popular.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's good for the game. It's something that actually grows the game. Something the NHL uh, maybe should take a, a look at once in a while. It's uh, imagine if Ryan Reynolds owned an Ottawa team, we'd actually have to talk about them. It would be fun. Do you think he'd have a video with Vlad Terosenko already out, showcasing personality? Part of me feels like yes.
1: Brady Kachuk is probably a really interesting guy that isn't allowed to be interesting.
0: I would say that's a guarantee. Yeah, I, I think we kind of saw that with Matthew Kachuk this year. Where I would say so. Finally got interesting, went on TNT said a lot of interesting things in one of maybe the more revealing one-on-one interviews a hockey player has had outside of uh, being on chiclets. Hmm. Like when, when hockey players are on chiclets, they usually let down their guards. Those are those guys. They know what they're doing. They, they, have, they have the right to say, we're going to cut that at the end. That is part of the agreement. And then, uh, but on TNT, Matthew Kachuk went out there and laid it all down. That, but that's the only, one of the only times we've seen a hockey player over the past, like, I don't know, year and a half, really lay themselves out.
1: Yeah, it's something you and I have been complaining about for a very long time, probably the correct terminology to use there, where yeah. the insiders, I blame more the insiders than anybody else. It's just in order, you're not, yes, you need to have journalism ethics and you are a journalist and you are reporting on sometimes delicate situations, for sure. At the same time, you're reporting on a entertainment at like element. You, this isn't. I'm not asking you to tell me the corruption that exists in whatever White House administration we're currently living under, or why we should not be in the the what was it the Pacific Trade Partnership, whatever the shit that the thing TPP? is. TPP. Yeah, I, I, I'm not asking. You, I'm not asking you for that type of story. But Adam Schefter on a fucking mid afternoon Monday in August drops a bombshell. That Michael Ower is suing the family that said they adopted him because it turns out they didn't adopt him. Like, Wait, is that true? Oh, my God, yeah. Where have you been, buddy? That's Puerto Rico, a- <laughs>
0: dude. Like, I, <laughs> I've i been suffering.
1: Yeah, Michael Ower is suing whatever that Mississippi white family. The
0: blind side?
1: Yeah, not a true story, apparently.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Yeah. This is this is groundbreaking stuff. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I, I get it. That, too, is personal. It's delicate. But, like, come on, guys. Can we make the sport a little interesting in August? We don't have to be completely in the dark on anything. You got basketball has the World Cup going on, so they're still in the headlines. Jake yeah, Harden Brenton. is just in China saying that Daryl Morey's a fucking liar out of nowhere. Did you see that <laughs> story today? I know I didn't see that he was a liar. I know he's not going to practice. He James James Harden was given a microphone in China and said, "I will not play for any organization that has Daryl Morey in it cuz he's a liar." And then his next sentence was, "Let me be more clear than that." And just repeated the sentence again. That this is what's happening in every other sport. In baseball, the Yankees just melted down in an epic way. The Mets, do you hear what I said at the start of this? Now that's <laughs> that's drama I do not want in the NHL. No, but, but you- the, the like even again I don't, let me be clear about something immediately. I'm not asking any NHL player to sleep with a 14 year old. In fact, yes. I'm asking all of them to stay the fuck away. At the same time, though, it's fucking wild that these world juniors from 2018 allegations, which have apparently been resolved and sealed and delivered, nobody's reported on it. Not a fucking soul in the world, Ryan. And we're pretty sure that these are going to re- result in either jail time or excommunication from the league. And no reporter is diving into
0: what the fuck might be going on with that. Training camp's not that far away. Very strange. Yeah, training camp starts very soon. But even we'll- just, just on-field drama, the Yankees, holy
1: shit, the Mets, <laughs> 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 everything happened. <laughs> the, the, the,
0: the Angels. The existence of the
1: Angels. Oh, the poor Angels. They tried. Though, I, again, we did a trade deadline podcast. I came on this podcast and said, God bless the Angels for trying, but they're going about it the wrong way. They traded for all the guys that are Kind of interesting by name, but not
0: actually good. The Angels are currently 59 and 60. Poor guys. It's that sucks. Tough. Yeah, That's... the Mets,
1: I think, are what? 52-64? Yeah. What a year. Yeah, I
0: almost tied with the Nationals.
1: So. Yeah. I saw the going into last night's game since the Nationals won earlier in the day, the Mets, by percentage points, were in last place in the National League East. Gotta love it. At the same time, there's no benefit for the Mets to finish above. Uh, no, the money ball thing would tell you to actually lose every game. Oh, and they're trying because I don't know if you've seen what they've been trotting out in that lineup every day. But a uh, lot of Rafael Ortega and Jonathan Arauz in my life. Again,
0: I really care about baseball. I do not know who either of those <laughs> players are. I care a lot. How about Reed Garrett? Who is that? The, the Mets <laughs> yeah. asked Danny Mendick to get
1: six outs for them on Saturday. Now I, I know him. you know who Danny Mendick is and I, I, I know you. he's not a pitcher. Yep. <laughs> I Uh, I saw the stat out of that Met game that was my favorite is Nicky Lopez became the first player since 1920 to record four plus hits five plus RBI and a scoreless inning of pitching on the mound in one game
0: baseball is undefeated it's it's like when stuff like that happens where it's like not since 1919 as a player it's like oh man only the mets what? only the mets yeah a uh, that's right sport. sports suck i don't know why you do this i don't know why you listen to this podcast i'm miserable and i'm sad there you go congratulations i feel outside of the i honestly think at this point
1: i don't know what's going on in the stomach intestine like area um <laughs> All I know is I sweat through shirts like it's nobody's business, and I've been trying to get the courage to go up outside and get the medication I need to start to feel better. But if I'm within five minutes removed from my house, I'm worried about what will happen to me. Yep. Yeah. Well, Well, I think that's enough for this opening segment. What do you talk about <laughs> with Ethan for 51 minutes? <laughs> 51 minutes with Ethan. We talk about his insiderdom. We touch on the Islanders. We get pretty deep on the Islanders, deeper than we thought we did. Uh, and then we spent mi- with
0: that insider. I just want to throw that out there.
1: We uh we spend thirty minutes
0: fixing horse racing. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's good. That makes sense. This is August. <laughs> um I think it's important to say we we will be doing like weird stuff soon. and Not that we haven't been doing weird already, like, but what, oh,
1: Sir, I did four podcasts last week. What do you mean we're gonna start doing weird you're, stuff soon? You're so. right. You know, build no predictions, season previews on Oh, that true true. I did a Barbie podcast last week. I yeah. did a Premier League preview podcast last yes. week. Yes. Yeah, I've been a busy man. What have you been doing? Uh, you don't want to know. <laughs> uh, I'm going to Eagles practice today. I am.
0: I am. I'm going to Eagles camp. Uh, not because I'm an Eagles fan, but because Go Birds. Yeah,
1: yeah, well, I wonder what tragic thing will befall the Eagles with the track record you have. If Jalen Hurts oh. gets hurt today.
0: ah, oh, it's my fault. It is. It is my fault. Um. All right. Let's go over to Ethan. We'll come back, answer some five-star questions, and we'll go from there. All right. Transition. And
1: we're back. And by we, I mean me. Uh, Ryan got kicked out for this segment but I didn't want to leave a short and I got us a guest for the day joining us for his fourth fifth podcast appearance hockey insider <laughs> Ethan what's going on chief what's going on the people's insider in the house That's right that's right big 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 summer for you man twitter or whatever it's called breaks on signing day and not in the way people the would everything hope. app X yeah. the everything app
2: the uh the the WeChat of, of the USA, apparently. Did anybody give you credit for Vlad Teresenko? The only people that gave me credit for Vlad Terrasenko were the, the two honorable hosts of the Locked On Sends podcast, <laughs> which, to my surprise, had more viewers than, than I thought because I did tune in anticipating that they would be the only ones to actually give me credit. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I you know... Saravali and Friedman and dragger and all those guys they don't care about the little people they're they're at their cottage they're drinking margarita coolers they're too busy not doing their jobs um, and then when other people do their jobs they're they're too lazy to give credit so that's what I'm here for the people's insider I do it for the love of the game for the hustle and for nothing else I will say the no
1: major sports offseason confuses you confuses me more than that of the NHLs because if we got to this point in the NBA calendar and I'm going to talk specifically about Alexis Lafreniere here but if we got to this point in an NBA calendar and a restricted free agent still hadn't agreed to terms with his team or any other team this far into the off season we'd be having daily discussions about it there'd be 27 think pieces on 29 different websites
2: it, it, it Dude, would be if- if Connor McDavid did what, like, James Harden did today, <laughs> I genuinely think there would be, like, a 24 to 36-hour lag time for the first story to pop up. It might have already happened, and we just don't know. <laughs> it's very possible. Well, listen, if it, if it has happened already, then that's an indictment on me. Oh, so, oh. Uh, because, again, I'm the hardest-working insider in the sport, and if Connor McDavid did do something like that, it's my job to know. Fair. So I actually can confidently say, because it is my job to know that he did not do that. But if he were to do that, there would be a 24, 36 hour lag time um, between reports.
1: Uh oh, it's, it's incredible. I just don't understand how the NHL doesn't fully grasp the idea that I get that there's bad PR and you don't want to necessarily be making bad news on the daily basis, but this good old boys network that has been insider dumb in hockey they don't realize they're in an entertainment business and it's their, it's not, I don't want to call it, say it's their job, but it's their duty to create headlines. And they seem so adverse to wanting to do that.
2: Yeah. I think that's a good way of putting it. They're averse to, well, yes and no. You don't want them to just create news no. for the sake of creating news. Right. I don't, obviously. I'm not, I'm not
1: asking them to make up stories, but correct. after the, the my frustration is a trade will go down. And immediately after the trade goes down is when an insider will say, you know, I've actually been hearing about this for two weeks and just didn't say
2: anything. Right. So, I mean, it's it's absolutely crazy. And the fact that I had it hours before anyone else did. And by the way, I also had the Brad extension in my back pocket, but <laughs> I was a little gun shy there. So I didn't make that that mistake again with the Vlad. In fact, I doubled down on Vlad because I also got the term.
1: Yeah, I honestly, you and I had been talking about it a couple days before you decided to go public with it. I, I One, I, I come from a journalism background. I can respect you wanting to make sure you're not going to get burned on something. This this isn't a judgment. But two, I'm, you're not the only person that had this information. I know this of course for not. a fact. It's just crazy to me that people – they no league waits for the team to announce it more than the NHL. Imagine if baseball insiders waited for the Mets to be like, hey, we traded Justin Verlander.
2: Right, like this, we're this is, we're not talking about Josh Bailey here. Like Vladimir Tarasenko was the number one free agent forward that yep. was available, and this information was, I mean, wasn't out there, but it was out there for a few days, and for it to just linger with no reporting is just insane to me. Absolutely insane. The I, I, um, well, just to just stick just, it far too often,
1: just to stick on Tarasenko, I. Th- one of the biggest stories that we just haven't heard anything about, and Lord knows if we'll ever hear anything about this year, we have to remember that at one point it was thought Tarasenko signed a multi-year contract with a different team, and then all Not of a ci- thought it was reported. Yeah, it was reported, and no one wants to now talk about how that deal fell through, how he fired his agent, and how he's landed a one-year deal at significantly less or we don't know if it's significantly less money, AAV. We just don't know. Insiders just went, right. Tyra Sanko signed with the Canes. Oh, I guess not. Oh, well, we'll see what
2: happens. I'm like, no, tell me the story. What happened? I, I, yeah. I mean, listen, I think it, to take this to a, a bit of a more serious place before we get back to the tomfoolery, mm. I think at the end of the day, it really is just going to fall on the players to make the league more entertaining. Because if we have more kachucks, and I don't just mean in terms of the style of his play and his personality, but how he sort of forced his way out of Calgary where the, the media is just not going to do their jobs. It's it's basically on the players to create an environment entertaining enough to make the insiders do their job. And unfortunately for us, a lot of these guys are just very boring middle-class white dudes who have no interest in being entertaining and living in the spotlight. They just want to play the game and that's pretty much it. So you know, you sort of hope that as this newer generation comes into the sport and, you know, new, I'll say like new areas of the country where the sport gets bigger, hopefully you have these bigger personalities come out and really just sort of force the hand of the NHL a little bit, make it more of a player's league and make it more entertaining and as entertaining as it needs to be. I know. I I agree with all you're saying. I want to be clear about that. At the same
1: time, the two off-seasons before this one, you had the entire Jack Eichel saga, and then you have Matthew Kachuk and everything that happened there, and yet we're still here. One of the things Ryan and I lament a lot on the podcast is just how long NHL contracts are, which make them so just hard to move, and truly what makes headlines about any
2: sport. you I mean, buddy, you're, you're, you're talking like the the guy who roots for a team that just gave Pierre Engvall seven years.
1: <laughs> I get it. It's just ridiculous to me that one, I, I, I honestly don't know why players want that long of a contract commitment. I, I, it, I don't know. I guess I understand the long-term risk versus short-term reward and all of that. Right. But every other sport, it's so rare to have contracts it's of, of the this length. Cap, I think, right? Because well, part, partially in, like, I do think
2: the NBA, you could be a schmuck, and sign a one-year deal in the next year, you're going to get 10 15 million, no problem. But the NBA in also the, uh,
1: limits contracts to four years and five only if you were a member of that team the previous year. Yeah, but what's the salary cap in the NBA? Like oh, 200 I mean, something Jay, million. Jalen Brown's know. making 60 plus a year. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it's ridiculous. Jalen so Brown's making as it. much as the Arizona Coyotes.
2: Yeah, <laughs> they are. The, the notorious money laundering organization.
1: I just, man. Could you also... Imagine in some other sports, say something happened where all of a sudden the Oakland As had to play in a 5,000-seat minor league baseball stadium.
2: Nobody would let oh that God. happen. No, Not at all. No. I mean that would be just continue. That, that would be a, the Oakland As would make first take.: Yeah, I, The Arizona coyotes are not making first take. No, it, everybody's accepting of it. They're just like,
1: I, yep. frankly, oh, I bet I Steve the NHL. Stephen A probably doesn't even know the coyotes one, exist and two
2: play on a college campus. No, and by the way, not to bring this back to the Islanders, but to bring it back to the Islanders, it, it's just so fucking crazy to me that there are people that genuine, genuinely believe that the Islanders at any point were ever in danger of moving to like Kansas City or Quebec. <laughs> like really? The, the Arizona Coyotes are playing at a 5,000 person college arena, but they were going to move a team out of the New York metropolitan tri-state area. Give me a break.
1: Let's talk about the Islanders for a little bit. And then we have surprises for the listeners in the Many probably two thirds half of this interview, we have a lot to discuss. I'm still angry about the information I learned late last night from you. I can't. I, I told you one thing oh, yesterday. My I, I have.
2: I have you. I've got even even worse information
1: for you. Oh no! All right. Well, before that's called a tease in the business. For all those listening, it is. Let's it talk is. about your Islanders. Uh, not the most active off season, but you you took care of the important items. Sorokin's locked up. Um, you, you solidified your base lineup you moved off of josh bailey your boy um my hot take and you can tell me if i'm crazy and and this is not meant to be a direct slight at the islanders but you get some shrapnel here okay i still truly believe one of the new york islanders and pittsburgh penguins will not make the playoffs in the upcoming season and i'm actually still leaning towards the penguins being the team that
2: miss i i would agree with that although i i mean You know, it's the popular thing to just shit on the Penguins because if you don't have Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin on your team, you're going to hate them. But I really, really liked that Carlson trade. I really don't think that they gave up that much. Um, As it pertains to the Islanders, I think they're going to be a very good team. Um, Are they going to be a great team? I don't know. There's just so many factors that come into play. If you look at their last season, it was the definition of Murphy's Law. Mm -hmm. Like everything that could go wrong went wrong. They lost Barzell down the stretch, like a few games after they traded for Horvat. Um, Adam Pellick was out for a long stretch. And even when he came back, he was not on planet earth. He was still concussed in a different galaxy. Uh, They missed Palmieri for a stretch. And when Palmieri went down, that second line was abysmal. As soon as he came back, Brock Nelson was back to being Brock Nelson. Uh, JG Pagiot, probably the most underrated bottom sixer in the league. He was out for a period of time. They, they were just missing guys up and down the lineup. They had a rookie head coach. Despite how good Sorokin is, he's the type of guy that, like, you look at his shutout ratio per games played, and it's absurd. But then he also will have, like, four to five games a season where he just gives up five goals, and it makes no sense. So, you know, between new coaching, having the 30th or the 31st-ranked power play in the league, missing their best player for the power, the power, the the playoff stretch where they miraculously made it. Thank you, Chicago. Like everything that went wrong went wrong and they still made the playoffs. So addition by subtraction with Josh Bailey, everyone's healthy, has chemistry, bringing back basically the the same exact team, um, but better. I mean, you look at their opening night lineup of last year versus what the projected opening night lineup is for this upcoming season, and it's laughable. Like, it really is so much better. So, again, like, it's just going to come down to everyone staying healthy, whether or not Lane Lambert can get his head out of his ass. And then you just look at some of the guys, and you have to hope that if there is regression, it's not that bad. Like, you need Brock Nelson to pop 30 again. You need Andrews Lee to be high 20s, low 30s again. Uh, You need Barzell to stay healthy. His chemistry with Horvat. Like, there's a lot of positives to look forward to, And if even half of the things that went wrong last year go right this year, like they're a playoff team, no doubt. Now, whether or not they can take the next step and get back to the conference finals and hopefully make the Stanley Cup again, who knows? But, you know, it's just again, it's sort of like making fun of the Penguins. It's a popular thing to make fun of the Islanders and make fun of Lou Lamorello and how he navigates the salary cap and all that shit. But they are a talented team. It's just a matter of whether or not these things go right this year.
1: It is a it is a good team, uh, and I do have to credit you for signing former Ranger great Julian Gauthier. Congratulations, yes. well done. Yes, um, the name you didn't mention, of course, being Bo Horvat, who will be going into his first full season with the Islanders on a fresh, new, brand new, fancy new contract. Um, yep. The Islanders, to me, from an outsider, it's I've never thought the Islanders in this era we're living in that I would say from Trots onward. They're never outright bad. This is not a bad hockey team. This is a competitive, right. good hockey team. At the same time, it's it's like a team built without having a really high ceiling. Like I think the floor of this team, I don't see any scenario in which the Islanders get less than 85 points anything below that oh come on because catastrophe would have had to happen right of we're, course. we're talking Barzal missing the season Horvat missing half the season something of that level Sorokin missing the season that's how the Islanders don't get to 85 points at the same time I'll be honest Ethan it's it's hard for me to see the snare in which you guys get 105 without it being Sorokin is a god which is possible it's not unheard of but I, I think if you play out the twenty twenty three twenty four season a hundred times, I think less than five times
2: you're a one hundred and five plus point team. I, I would disagree with that. Um, but again, like there's there's just so much at play here, and it, and it sucks that the metro is still just you know well, every year unfair. there's a new no, team that's it's, yeah it's unfair it's unfair every team every year there's a new team that's good, and the, the teams that were good the previous year have gotten better and you're just waiting you know the capitals finally started to fall off a little bit you're hoping that the penguins fall off a little bit but you know the islanders play that style of hockey that it it frustrates people and that's why like if they were to go up against the devils in the playoffs like i'm very confident despite how good the devils are the islanders with that again it's cliche and i hate to say it but with that experience and with their style of play and they're very defensive minded they'll they would be able to to win a series like that so Again, they're a good team. I think there's just so many factors at play. I'm confident that they're going to be well in the mix for a playoff spot. I would hope that this is a team that would crack 100 points. I, I think – I mean, what do you think? I think like 100, 103 gets you into the playoffs? I think they're – at least from the Metropolitan
1: speaking, I I've, the two wildcard spots this year in the East are going to be tricky because we're going to have to see just how far back a step the Bruins take – We're going to have to see just how far forward a leap a team like the Sabres or the Senators take. Um, There's so many high variance teams in the East that it's hard for me to be like, I I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if 98 was the magic number or lower, frankly, but you can tell me if I'm wrong here. I think the Metropolitan is broken up essentially into about five tiers. Tier one, Hurricanes and Devils. One of those two teams will win the Metropolitan this year. I'm confident right. in that in some order, that's going to be one two. I, I'd, I'd make the I'd make the bet today. My if I could do an exact box, Hurricanes Devils. I'm doing it. I'm feeling good about it. Though the payout probably again
2: in, in the biz. That's what we call a tease. Yeah,
1: yep, Yep. Yep. You guys will hear that more. Tier two to me is the Rangers by themselves. I think the Rangers are a lock to be a playoff team. If they do anything else, um, it's going to be a frankly a disaster and a disappointment. They're are a team you can close your eyes, wake up, and they'll be in the playoffs. Great, tier three is where I put the Islanders, Penguin, and the and the Penguins and Blue Jackets. Even where as many as two of those teams Blue could jackets. easily, I the Blue Jackets are trying. I have to I I, I have to say they're trying.
2: I don't think it's going well, to work for that's them. The, if that's the nicest thing you can say about the Blue Jackets, then you cannot put them in a tier with the Islanders. Hear me out.
1: If if all
2: three of I those teams.
1: I've, no, no, hold on. If all three of those teams made the playoffs, we'd all be surprised, but we all expect those three teams to compete for a playoff spot. I think, and again, if you want, fine, I'll, I'll concede. Tier three is the Islanders and the Penguins. Tier four is the Blue Jackets by themselves. We can call it the they're trying tier. Tier five is the Capitals. We can call it the OV's going for the record so we can't be flat flat out bad, but we're also not really trying to be good tier. And then the sure. bottom tier is the Flyers, who said we're actually going to be bad. We're not. We're sure. going to wait a while here. Um, but I, yeah, I, I don't know. To me, I, I'm not yeah, saying I this. Mean, as, the only thing
2: I would really disagree. The only thing I would disagree with is again, like I said, if if even half of the things that went wrong for the Islanders last year go right, I put them squarely in that Rangers tier. I, I just, I think there are scenarios that I can easily
1: believe in which the Islanders don't make the playoffs. And I'm not saying, listen, I'm a Met fan. Lord knows I check my homerism mm-hmm. at the door all the time. Uh, I really can't say with any confidence and assurity that I believe no matter what happens, the Islanders will make the playoffs. I think there are, I'd say better than a 50% chance you make the playoffs, but maybe better than a 35% chance you don't.
2: And if the chance well, is that my, my lock of the pod, my lock of the pod is Islanders to make the playoffs. Okay. So if you can find that, you guys have like a sports book sponsor?
1: Uh, we usually team with DraftKings this time of
2: year. Okay. Well, if you can find it on DK, go ahead. Fair. All right. I mean, Houston's i lock of the pod. I, I again, I, it, I,
1: I wouldn't be surprised if you made it. I also wouldn't be surprised if you didn't. I, I will say once again, I'm more confident that the Islanders floor is higher than the Penguins floor. So I am putting you as a better bet than the Penguins. I, you said it about the Carson trade. Ryan and I talked about this too. It's not that I don't think the the Penguins gave up a lot for Carlson. They didn't. But I also still don't think Carlson is that guy. He put up a lot of oh, points last year, I, but I don't I think, think he's Carlson. I, I, I really dude, don't. I wanted him on the Islanders so bad. Uh, I st- I think he's, at this point in his career, he's Max Scherzer. He is a name, and maybe he'll still... Dude, he sh- put up 100 points as a defenseman last year. He was awful who, defensively. Who, who, awful who cares? He's putting up 100 points. I... You're I think he hurt more you than he pair you him,
2: Will you pair him with someone like I don't know who's your best like defensive defenseman? On the Islanders? Uh no, on the Rangers.
1: <sighs> I mean, you'd have to put him with Lindgren Miller, yeah, maybe Lindgren,
2: I was thinking Lindgren. You put a guy like him with Lindgren, you're telling me like that's not gonna be fucking awesome. You tell me you don't you put a guy with like Eric Carlson with Adam pellick that's not gonna be fucking awesome. Especially given the goaltending that both the Islanders and the Rangers have with Shusterkin and Sorokin. Like, I'm sorry. Like, even if this guy puts up 80 points, I like, just, that, like, I'm sorry. Like, 100 points again is very unlikely. I, so I think, I, progress, but I honestly, I think he, is. he puts up 80. I think 80 is unrealistic. Point I, per game defenseman. I think it's unrealistic.
1: I think he was empowered to put up points with the sharks because what the hell else did they have to do so who
2: cares fine so then you so then you cut his production 20 25% that's still a point per game defenseman
1: i don't know i i i think we I got a little it. smoke and mirror act with carlson last year now i I've i mean, long- listen, i hope
2: i hope i'm wrong because yeah i'm trying um, to i'm trying penguins.
1: to pump up your islanders and all you want to do is blow the penguins right now buddy <laughs> sorry <laughs> that's on you man
2: i don't know you're convincing me. me that i'm wrong about the islanders that's all you're doing that's fair. That's fair. I apologize.
1: It's all right. Do you want to save horse racing now? How we save the horse sure, racing industry?
2: It. Well, yeah, let's do
1: it. So here's my first first question for you: uh, Have you been coming to Saratoga and not hitting me up to see if I'm at the track? Because that's gonna that's gonna no. hurt my feelings.
2: No. So I've never been to the Saratoga track. I've oh, been to funny. Saratoga many many times. You're missing out. Um, I would, <laughs> I, I so my friends and I would rent a house in Saratoga every summer for like four or five years mm-hmm. um but it was always before uh the meet so it was never like prime time horse racing but AKA, I, I, aka when I would house go- would be
1: affordable i get it i hear what you're saying
2: exactly yeah but we i would do belmont um every year for the stakes and uh it's my favorite event of the year um i haven't gone the last couple of years but prior to that i again i went like four or five years in a row. Uh, my buddy, Joe, it's always the weekend of his and his dad's birthday. And they would get a picnic box top of the stretch right on the track, um, like literally the rail and then the ponies. And uh, it was like 150, 200 bucks per person. But it was all you can eat, all you could drink, full day access to the top of the stretch right there. It was incredible. Oof. Like very few experiences like that. And um, my first steaks was actually uh, American Pharaoh.
1: So, oh, that's not uh, a bad one, yeah. Chief.
2: Not a bad one.
1: Yeah, the, the dirty secret, it's only a secret to those who are kind of casual with horse racing, which I would say is the majority of the country. Outside of Breeders' Cup Day, the best day of racing on the calendar is Belmont Stakes Day.
0: Those are the most I would agree with that. Those are yeah. the most
1: competitive, the most stacked, and the best talent you see in one collection on a race card you could have outside of again, Breeders' Cup Championship Saturday. It yeah even as much as I like to hype up Travers Day, um no you the best horses every everything is possible still in June when it comes to uh what horses run where they can run afterwards what what races they are building up towards later in the calendar it's the perfect day to send all the highly talented horses and there are like seven Grade One stakes on Belmont Stakes yes it is yeah Belmont Stakes is my favorite. I think I like Belmont Stakes Day more than I do Breeders Cup Saturday, just because. Again, it's Breeders Cup Saturday. It's like there are almost too many good horses running. Where on Belmont Day you can at least handicap the field and feel like you know something, whereas come sure. Breeder Cup time, it's just like I don't know. All these horses are fucking
2: good, and one of them's gonna yeah. Win. You got a bunch of gorillas running.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's tough now. Yeah. Uh, we, we did tease. We were going to fix the industry of sports racing. Do you mind if I go first?
2: Go ahead, because I, I have one idea, and I don't even like the idea, but I do think that it would work. My big idea, and this will never happen, because I don't
1: think anyone will ever allow Naira <laughs> to have two-thirds of the Triple Crown schedule, uh, but the Triple Crown should actually be Kentucky Derby, Belmont, Travers. Those are the three most important races of the year. We need to stop yeah. pretending like the Preakness matters. The Preakness doesn't matter. It does not matter. Um, It's too close. It's too close after the Kentucky Derby in the first place. Nobody likes Pimlico. Nobody likes sending horses to Pimlico. Pimlico's a dump. They can't build a race card below the Preakness because no horse uh, trainer wants to send their guys to Maryland. We need to eliminate the Preakness. We need to stop pretending like just because history has dictated for 130 years that the Preakness, once upon a time, was an important race. I don't care what happened while my grandfather was fighting in Korea. Great. We are, we are a smarter nation now. The three most important summer quote-unquote races of the year, Kentucky Derby, Belmont Stakes, Travers. That's it. Let's make it the Triple yeah. Crown.
2: No, the only people that care about the Preakness is the Kentucky Derby winner. That's it. and that's, even, lit- that's literally it. And even then, we are now moving into a
1: generation where trainers realize the wear and tear it is for horses to run We're- that distance in a two-week stretch, and they're saying, I'd rather save my horse and win the Belmont. We're, we're in the NBA load
2: management era of horse racing.
1: At the same time, though, it's better for the horse. Like, it is healthier for the horse not to run a longer race two weeks after winning a high-stakes, high-adrenaline Kentucky Derby. Like, the, if, if we are truly – it's an industry that needs to care more about the athletes as a whole, full stop. And it needs um, federal guidance in order to do so because the trainers yeah. aren't going to do it themselves – it it's not healthy for the horse to run that many times in that short a window 3 weeks is probably the minimum you need but frankly you probably yeah. need a full month
2: yeah 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 are right, you ready for my idea hit me okay who's the what's like the one i say group of people who love horse racing more than americans ooh uh, i at this point I'd say the French. Okay. I would say the Saudis. Uh, Well, I think... The Saudis love their horses, and they love to spend money on their horses.
1: Well, now, we're, we're really... What we mean to say is the Middle East, because I believe it's the UAE that hosts these $5 million ma- handicap okay, races.
2: All right. So, Middle East. We are in an era, unfortunately... Where it has just become acceptable for the Saudis to sports wash their money.
1: Yep. Yep. We talked about this last week with
2: Ishan. We're seeing it with soccer. Yep. Football for our Euros out there. (laughs) Why not just say, hey, Saudis, save horse racing. Have them come in. They don't care about making money. Right. They, they they're just here to, like, improve their brand. Like, yeah, we might cut a journalist's head off, but hey, here's all this money for sports. You take them. Maybe Las Vegas, maybe some other big city, which everyone's going to give them the, the best tax breaks. And you just have them pour a billion dollars into a state of the art dome. <laughs> I, I do. Listen, no, I like I like where this is going. Keep going. It's indoors. You never have to worry about the elements affecting the quality of the track, right? Enough of this fast, sloppy, soft turf. Like, you're never going to have weather delays. It's climate controlled. So, the horses are never going to be overheated. The fans are never going to be overheated. They're never going to be cold. And you basically team them up with the Las Vegas Gaming Commission. You have a lower takeout than the fucking criminal organization that is Naira. And you just say, hey, you guys, here's your track. Here's your beautiful dome. Name it whatever you want. And you can have all the big trainers bring their horses there. You can have all these overseas sheiks that want to launder their money, do it through really talented horses. And you have, you know, like it's Monday, August 14th. Who's running today? Finger Lakes, down.
1: you know yeah yeah, it's 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 a limited schedule week
2: yeah limited schedule you could say that and multiple days of the week and you run it year round and you can have big races pretty much whenever you want and you're gonna have fewer horses breaking down you're gonna have more talented horses you're gonna have a lower takeout so it's more friendly for the the horsemen out there and i think it just blows the the west coast tracks and the east coast tracks out of the water and it either forces them out of business or it forces them to be more player friendly. I'll say this. um, It
1: kind of piggybacks off your idea. It has always confused me how there isn't essentially a horse racing league. We have the FedEx cup for golf, right? Where sure. Each individual tournament is its own individual tournament, but you accumulate points, and at the end of the year, we name a champion. We kind of do this with the breeders, where there are qualifying races to get into specific races at the Breeders' Cup. You need to accumulate either enough money in order to run in a race, you need to have X, Y, and Z pedigree to run in a race. But you're telling me, with as many hallmark racing events there are each year, and how every year, you're essentially trying to tell people to care about things like, the Ohio Derby, the Arkansas right, the Derby, Derby, the Florida Derby. If you want these races to matter to me, I think you need to create a formulaic league where three-year-olds run in one league and you get certain number of points per race per track. And if you want, like, that's how you get me to watch a race in Missouri, if all of right. a sudden I am not going to care about the card in Missouri because I know for the most part those horses aren't going to go on to bigger and better things they are there just to run, but right. if you told me that say, um uh, trying to think of a horse off the top of my mind here, uh Private Creed a horse that came in second yesterday that blew up your uh exact that or pick three that we need to talk about Private Creed a, and also Private, ran yeah. and also ran horse in the New York Kentucky sir circuit for the most part, a good horse, but not a horse that's ever going to win a grade one stakes in all likelihood. But if all of a sudden Steve Asmussen says, I want Private Creed to finish top five in the league, and the only way for me to do that is the next available race for him is in Missouri, I now might watch that race just to be like, fuck it, this is getting weird, and I like it. Weirdness is good. I, I We, we but, are smart yeah. enough as a society to make... We all care about these Triple Crown races. I think horse players care about the Travers as well. But there are so many big race days in the summer and horse racing can't market themselves properly, but if you just make it a league, a simple-to-understand point system in which these horses are ranked against each other and we can have a different league for the jockeys where they're getting points going up against each other and a different league Ooh, for the like uh, for the trainers where they're getting different points against each other. Like, imagine Chad Brown is really in a heated race with Todd Pletcher for the number one trainer of the year in the in the trainer league, and Chad's... All of a sudden, deciding the only way I'm catching Todd is if I'm running my horses on the on the weekend every weekend at Gulfstream in Florida. You know what I'm going to watch probably every weekend, Gulfstream in Florida, because all of a sudden Chad Brown is telling me I need to care about it. So
2: there wait, way- ever, you, you ever been to Gulfstream? I have it's too fucking hot. I can't do it. I I, I was there by accident. They have this this uh, this uh, I don't know if I should call it a bar or a club. It's like a hybrid sort of sure called uh, Carousel Bar, I think, or something like that down there. Okay. And, dude, I legitimately – I'd been to Miami zero times in my life. I was down there for work. We all went out there. Like, we're drinking at the bar. I look to my right, and I'm literally on the track. (laughs) It's bizarre. Yeah. And, sorry, another another tangent. Speaking of Creed, Casa Creed, I always find it hilarious when they are, like – Micro-celebrities who own horses and Oh, God, yeah. Casa Creed won, and I saw Francesa in the winter circle with those pearly whites. (laughs) I laughed my ass off. But, like, Bill Parcells has horses. Um, RIP, yep. Yeah, we're not going
1: to mention it. We're not going to talk about it. Uh, Well, we're going to have to, but that's fine. Well, we could just say Bill Parcells own horses. I think we could leave it at that. The people who know, know, and that's all they need to be said. Um, But, yeah, I, I just... I don't know about you. You're a Met fan, obviously. Yeah. I have a hard time betting Rapoli horses now because that remember that moment during the pandemic, when it seemed like Steve Cohen was playing hardball with the Wilpons, the Wilpons were trying to fuck him out of more money and said, we're essentially going to reopen the bidding for the Mets. And Cohen said, try me. Uh, and Rapoli slid in and said, he'd, come up with an ownership group to buy the Mets and they let him go on Fox sports during a horse horse racing day to essentially make his pitch. And I got to tell you right. at that point in time, all I wanted were the 13 plus billion dollars Steve Cohen has. And if Mike Rapoli was a Met fan, he would have gotten out of the fucking way and would have just let Steve own the Mets. So the fact that Rapoli tried to, to snake the Mets out from Steve Cohen makes it really hard for me to bet his horses,
2: but a horse like nest is too great where I don't care who the owner is. Well, all right. Now that we're on the Mets, I didn't know this yesterday. I don't think we discussed this. Okay. Okay. Adam Rice. Yep. He had his 19 to one winner. Yep. Come close, through close in, the in game. The sugar. Race.
1: Close the game. Sugar. Close horse. The, I told the game. You to sugar. Bet, told you to bet that horse before the race started. Do you know who owns close the game? Sugar? I assume with the Met connection that it's Rapoli.
2: No. Who's the owner? It's owned by sugar. Diaz stables. Edwin's got a horse racing stable. That is, Edwin is half owner of that horse.
1: Oh, buddy, I would have put. I now I'm upset. I didn't put more money in on it. Yep. Him. Good yep, for him, man. Oh, man. How does Cespedes not have a barn? That's a good question. I wonder. If That's he, a very good question. I wonder. Uh, he got. He's got to have something. There's got to be some Cuban circuit we don't know about that Cespedes has a monopoly on. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. Man, close the game, sugar. Yeah, I, I'm a sucker. Anytime I see a met, a met adjacent name, I go out of my way to bet it. I, I once upon a time, pre-pandemic, won a lot of money on an eight-to-one horse at Saratoga, simply named Cleon Jones. I was like, all right, okay. I was like, fine. That it, Cleon Jones, it's 1969 World Champion Met. I'm betting on this horse. I lost a lot of money betting Syndergaard when Syndergaard was on the on the racket. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um. Polar Bear Pete was a horse that stunk out loud that I could never stop betting. There's a horse, there were, a horse ran Whitney Day here at Saratoga named The Franchise, which I assumed was named after Tom Seaver that I lost money on. Yeah, most of the Met name horses are losers. Still, dream podcast yeah, guests for me. Makes I, people, people have their minds blown when I tell them that Paul LaDuca, huge horse racing guy and does horse racing handicapping for a profession now.
2: yeah uh I don't really I feel like I used to follow Leduca's handicapping way more back in the day <laughs> I well'm I still watch
1: um I still watch the fox shows I, can I tell you I got I was having some drinks and I got really curious so I went back to 2006 to look at uh Paul Leduca's numbers on Triple Crown race days to see if oh, he Oh,
2: how pla- how bad were they
1: uh buddy fun story he was conveniently off on the triple uh Kentucky Derby Saturday the Mets played a 14-inning game the night before, so they gave him the day off for Kentucky Derby Saturday. Uh, went one for five on Preakness Saturday. Got the day off again for Belmont Stakes. No, sorry. He was off Kentucky Derby Day and Preakness Day and then played Belmont Stakes Day because it was not available to the horse that won um, the F- Kentucky Derby. He, lo- I think it was... His name, Bernardini, ring a bell to you? Yep. I believe Bernardini won the Derby that year, lost the Preakness. So there was no horse available for the Triple Crown. So LaDuca was in the lineup for Belmont Stakes. They went one for five and then was also in the lineup for Travers Day and went two for five. But this is something I did because he is on record saying he would have an at like if the Mets or whoever he was playing for would have a day game, he'd take his at-bat, he'd go into the clubhouse, see how his races were going, and then he'd take the field. So I wanted to see if the Mets were just conveniently giving him days off on Kentucky on triple crown days. And he went, he had two of the four off and they were the first two. Unbelievable. I love that. Yeah. Man. I
2: remember hearing stories that he was that he would be like in the Mets clubhouse, like betting on horses.
1: Yeah. That's his I, his first true love is not baseball. It's horse racing. And I, mm-hmm. I, I, respect him and love him for it. Um, do you want to, should we, there's no way the majority of people listening to this podcast understand our disdain for the rice racing family. Should we enlighten people why we that are out. that
2: way? Sure. Um, well, unlike Hillary Clinton, Linda Rice should be in prison. Um, <laughs> the entire family should be in prison, should be locked up. Uh, I, I don't really know where to start. I mean, it. it should we start with your, or, your favorite term, the, the yeah, pony, let, the pony laundering? Let's it, let's explain
1: to people why Linda Rice is in the shit house. So she was suspended by, I, I know for sure New York, the New York Racing Association. I don't know Correct. if that ex, ex, suspension trickled down to Kentucky or she usually keeps her horses just in New York. She's like a New York. Yeah, rat. she doesn't
2: run outside of New York. Yeah,
1: so Linda Rice, uh, I, I I call it insider pony trading, which is incredible. Because what she would do is she had a, uh, a a guy on the inside who would tip off what races were going to be the least competitive fields in their estimation. Yeah, basically give her the entries before she would submit hers. Exactly. So she would see what horses were running where, and then she would stack her better ponies in the weaker fields just to cash the payday. So Linda Rice, I think she's still leading the trainer card here. Um in Probably because she won every fucking race she had in the first two weekends. I, she's still winning, by the way. Uh, if it, if Jose Ortiz well, is she on was, the list. She,
2: she was cold. She was cold like a week ago.
1: Yeah, um, I know. She. I think she got two the uh, Whitney Day. I think she's. She, I don't know. I think I feel like she, two. She,
2: she, she went. She did went. A, she did go a little cold. I forget the, the exact timeline. But to, so yeah, so she got popped for that. Yep. And then it was. And then she took it to court and won, which is ridiculous. Got her. Got her suspension overruled and by the way she has a former employee that is a naira steward right now yep yeah that's not fuck that's not shady at all nope and when she and and um what she got popped for butte uh with a 10-day suspension which is a drug that uh some people give horses and she claimed that it was just an accidental overage of some oral paste i believe Mm -hmm. um and, and while that was happening she just had her nephew adam rice who is now what? 4 for 6, 6 for 8 at this Saratoga meet coincidentally. Coincidentally. Well, and on and on top of all that, every single horse that she claims, it's it's basically automatic money and I don't know how it's like allowed. Linda Rice first off the claim with either Jose Ortiz or Jose Lascano never ever loses a race. And she's claiming from some top trainers. Mm-hmm. She's claiming from Asmussen, she's claiming from Mott, she's claiming from She's got a couple of cool too, all, yep. Yeah. All of these other trainers who are well renowned. Like it, you know, like on a on a if you see that trainer name pop up on an average card, you're like, "Oh fuck, like this is a must include. Like this is a, a top of the line trainer here." These trainers couldn't figure out how to make the horse win. And in their first race for Linda Rice, all of a sudden, this horse is putting up buyer numbers unheard of.
1: Yeah, it's it's all shady. And it goes back. I've said this. I've done a number of podcasts. and You and I, so the good people at Playback, um, they've allowed me to do live streams of the big races for race days. You and I should okay. team up on one of these and do one like Travers Day. If Absolutely, Travers Day. We should we should we'll, we'll talk offline. This this is Travers is the twenty sixth. I believe so. Dude, you just catch me on like really important days. Uh, we'll find a different. You know what? We'll do a random racing day at Ellis Park. and It'll be great. We'll <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll talk offline <laughs> Which, about a carryover,
2: this. Carry over, by the way, dude. The card the Ellis card on uh, yesterday was just wow. Yeah, sixty to one came in a forty. To one, they they got a pick five carryover, and those pools are pathetic.
1: Now that so, now that I'm we're gonna we're gonna find a day where you and I do a bet the ponies day on playback and and get the people educated on horses. But I'll say this: so there, it. Linda Rice is quickly getting to a point where I have two trainers I refuse to bet. I don't care how good the horse is, I will let the horse beat me. I'm not betting it. Uh, I don't believe Saffy Joseph treats his animals ethically. I will not bet Saffy Joseph oh, I, horses. I, I, and and not only that, his horses suck now. Well, that's because, because the, he's, he's not he's, drugging them. Yeah, a, I I I don't like Safi. I think I, he's legitimately a terrible person for what he does Agreed. to these animals. I cannot bet and under good conditions. Even, even when
2: horse. his horses were good, even when they were good, and he would ship, like conveniently, they would stink. Yep. So it's like he's he's protected in his little Gulfstream bubble. And yeah. Even now, it's like, all right, like maybe in a try or a super, but. I'm not putting them on top. Nope.
1: I, I'll i honestly, I'll go, I'll just avoid the horse. If it ends up costing me my bet, so be it. I morally, mm-hmm. I I understand I am already immoral for betting on horses. I <laughs> I live with that, but I can't. But I, we got to take a stand at some point. I, exactly. The only other trainer I don't bet is Bob Baffert. I, I cannot bet a More Baffert man. horse. I don't do it. Most murderous trainer in the game. It's, it, it's how we just allow him to operate at this level. We all acknowledge he's, Corrupt at minimum and evil
2: at maximum. I just... I, aside from his horse training, he is, l- like, laundering money in, in public. Yeah. Like, it, the amount that he's, like, buying some of these horses for... And by the way, it's hilarious. So yesterday, he had two horses in the fifth at Del Mar. Muth and... I forget the other horse. And I think Muth was, like, three to five on the, on the morning line. The other horse was nine to five. And the second that betting opened for race five it the horse went one to nine and you look at the pool someone from his camp put eighty thousand dollars on mooth
1: just like you're you're not and mooth lost by the way (laughs) which was hilarious that that's called karma i've never understood the like i I don't know if you've noticed this at saratoga specifically the exacta pools are now bigger than the wind pools because the sharps understand truly if you want to win money on a horse you're not going to win money. On a, especially a really good horse by betting that horse to win. It's, it's the, but it's, even
2: the, but even the, the dude, Naira is still a criminal organization. Oh, I'm Naira, I'm, I'm the, not, here, I'm not
1: here to vouch for Naira.
2: You're not going to, no, I know you're not, but dude, the exacta the and the tri payouts have been pathetic this year.
1: They've been bad. Though again, in the 10th race yesterday at Saratoga, you would have got 178 to one and you didn't listen to me. I gave you one piece of well, advice
2: yesterday. I know. I'm a fucking retard. Like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> like I put, I put in, I literally had Win, Place, Show put in for the Adam Rice horse. And then I was like, you know what? If I'm going to spend this much, I might as well like, just include him in a, in a try box and hope that he comes out on top. And I was just one off. Yeah, but, That six came through. So n- naturally,
1: what we've decided here is you and I need to have an in-person ho- pony day, which is going to happen. And then we're Absolutely. also going to hold playback sessions with the people to get them all caught up on the races and betting with us and having a good time. I held one of these on Preakness Day, and everybody left that stream up money. And I—that's still to there this day go. my most proud day of pony handicapping, and it's all because I well, explained to people that like never de- like it was some undercard at the Preakness, like an optional claimer, and Suge snuck a horse into the field that you could tell by the numbers was kind of trending in the right direction. But Suge, to me, is one of the smartest trainers when it comes to—he just when he has a feeling about a horse, he'll put it in the field, and he just rolls the dice. And I was explaining to people. I was like, "This horse is ten to one, but Shug doesn't place horses by accident. Do some do yeah. some exotics with this horse. Horse won by like four
2: lengths, absolutely crushed." I love, I love, I love the trainer angles. The, yes. it's like you know, uh, God. Now I'm forgetting who it was. I feel like not this past week and the weekend before there was a horse at Saratoga, and the trainer had only shipped one horse to Saratoga over the last five years, and it was like a huge winner. Uh, at a price. And they had another one this past weekend. I forget who it is. I'll have to go back and look. Um, but the trainer angles are a lot of fun.
1: But, yeah, like, the more you do it, the more you learn stuff. Like, short sprint races on the dirt for firsters. Shockingly high return on investment from Wesley Ward horses, which is something. Dude, Ward firsters on turf, it's auto bet. It, it And then you learn jockey uh, stable Trainer connections. So anytime yep. there's a clarevich Chad Brown horse, if you're getting it at better than five to one odds, you just have to bet it because that that happens so rarely that you just have to assume people are wrong about the horse. Yeah, that there's a whole culture in horse racing when it comes to gambling. We're now talking and uh, a foreign language to some, but we're gonna have this playback day. People are gonna learn some shit. It's gonna be yeah. fun.
2: Yeah, uh, we'll save the the CRW and the ADW conversation for the uh, the streams. <laughs> but yeah. The, the 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 computer betters have totally ruined it. But again, uh, I'll, I'll save that rant for another day. Give me give me your two minute take on the Giants, and then I gotta let you go. Two minute take on the Giants. I think they're going to be a, a perfectly average team this year. Um, my take is that I think they're actually going to be a very fun overs team to watch the first month or so of the season. Um, I think their defense overperformed a lot last year. Um, and I think the offense is gonna take a big step forward. I really liked what I saw out of Daniel Jones at the end of last season. They got Waller, who's just every fucking tweet notification I get is that the guy's got four touchdowns in in Red Zone drills in camp. Um, you know, they they got a lot of guys healthy this year. So I think they're gonna be a fun team to watch. I don't think they're gonna be good. I think the entire process, as I've been saying for since they hired Joe Shane, is that it's about year three. Year three is when they're gonna be like truly competitive. Um, But for now, I think it's just about they got a bunch of young guys. They got some key guys locked up now. It's all about the improvement. I think they're going to be fun to watch. I don't think they're going to be particularly good.
1: Yeah, I traded a future first rounder to get Jalen Hyatt in my dynasty league. I'm I'm a believer. Wow.
2: Oh, I think I, I I feel like I maybe teased that my dynasty you did trade you said you. you said you made a trade that I'm going to be mortified by yeah because i so i gave away i forget the exact whatever i wound up with jameer gibbs who you said you're not high on
1: i'm not a huge um, jameer Gibbs I'm, guy
2: no i'm incredibly high on jameer gibbs um so keep that in mind um and keep in mind my other dynasty backs are Brees hall and damian pierce so i add jameer gibbs to that okay um and i got rid of josh jacobs because I felt like, you know. No, he's you're the selling
1: this is the year to sell high on Jacobs. Even if he's good again, you so so, got him yeah. one more year in him.
2: Yep. So I sold on Jacobs. I sold on Kelsey. Um, and a couple other small pieces. But those were the two main ones. And I got back Meyer, Ingram and jameer gibbs so i don't i don't think i know listen i'm hoping that gibbs can gibbs replaces the the jacobs uh production probably yeah, it, like it's the it's 60 the, to 75 percent of it it's the kelsey then, of it all it's the kelsey of it i all. know i know and then afterwards um you know it, it's the it's really kelsey's what thirty five. Now. Yeah. I, when talking dynasty, it's always hard with players like,
1: uh, uh, Kelsey in football or like, a you know, over 36 year old player in a baseball league where you start weighing the inevitability where he's just going to leave the league at some point And then you're going to have to find a way to replace him without having the asset to do it. At the same time, yeah. as long as Travis Kelsey's on a football field, he's the best tight end in football. And as mm-hmm. long as Patrick Mahomes yep. is his quarterback, he's going to be one of the best fantasy assets in football. So I, I would have.
2: It's painful. Listen, it's painful. I know. Yeah. I'm I'm in the. I'm in the process of of like trying to rebuild while I'm like rebuild and win at the same time. Like I finished. You're telling me you couldn't get Bijan. You could only get Jameer Gibbs. Mm -hmm. Couldn't get Bijan. Um, No one's trading Bijan. You have the pick and taking Bijan. Bijan's gonna Um, be so fun. But you know, like I got Lamar. I've got you know a couple good young receivers. I've got Hopkins and OBJ and. I got you Gibbs, said, and I mentioned said, my running backs. I like how you said a couple good like young receivers
1: year. and then said OBJ and De- DeAndre Hopkins.
2: Well, no, those were two separate entities. <laughs> I have a couple good young receivers, and then I have OBJ and Hopkins. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. I'm, I'm excited. I think Dynasty is the way to go. Yeah. No, um, I'm, I'm a big Dynasty you know. guy. You're preaching to the choir here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then if you're doing a redraft, it's got to be auction. But um, Yep, you're also
1: preaching to the choir there too, buddy. Yep. Snake drafts, Snake drafts
2: are for the uninformed. It's fine. Exactly. Exactly. Don't leave it up to chance. Do your research. Exactly. Um Yeah. So yeah, that I think that's it. I think that's it, buddy. Play uh plug yourself before you get out of here. Uh follow me on Twitter at Ethan i N. I'm the People's Insider. And uh subscribe to the NYG weekly podcast that we're gonna be doing throughout the season. Once again, this is your like six or seven at this point. Um some fun things to come over there. I think we're gonna do a YouTube channel. I think we might even do a, a name rebrand, so Give us a follow before all that changes and uh, stay on the lookout for some more content. And I hope we can get that stream done in the near future.
1: Oh, we're doing it
2: now. Now that you've said it, I'm embarrassed. We
1: haven't done it yet. We'll, we'll make it happen for the people. All right, Ethan, thanks for joining. Uh, Ryan, great job on this interview, buddy. You did wonderful. (laughs) Uh, Your, your, your inputs were valuable. We wouldn't have gotten there without you. Uh, We'll be right back after this break. Hey, we're
0: back. Thanks to Ethan for holding my place while I was uh busy today. We definitely didn't make fun of you at all. I didn't listen, so that's sad. <laughs> <laughs> that's sad. Uh we'll just have five star questions, only a few today, so we'll go from there. Uh, but if you want to leave a five-star question, you become Patreon and uh, leave one on our Discord channel. This first one's from Jay White. Uh, I think this answer is pretty obvious. Hey, Ryan, are you okay? I've seen some of your, <laughs> your Twitter posts. And would you like a hug? Don't touch me. I'm not okay. I promise. The it funny is, thing is he asked that question before this weekend. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Fredley asks, uh, what do you think would be a better revenge? Beating the Kings in the final or beating the Kings in the final with the serious clutching goal coming off Alex Martinez giveaway? I don't really... Like, there's no revenge for the Kings. Yeah, I don't care about the Kings. I care about the Kings. I hate them. But there's no way to get revenge.
1: No, I, I... Right, because they already got theirs. They got so
0: theirs. If, if we won two cups and then the... If we beat the Kings twice in the finals and then the Kings beat us, we'd be like, all right, well, we won twice.
1: Yeah, so, I I don't know. I... I don't hate the Kings. I don't hate the Royals. I just think the, both those things, like, I don't know. We signed Jonathan Quick. That's not really revenge. Um, no, it's not revenge at all. I don't, yeah, I don't think, though, revenge to me, you would have to take away the thing that makes the Kings happy in order to get revenge. Because no matter what you do, it doesn't fucking matter. The Kings fan will say, well, we have this one, so I don't care about this one. For example, I want revenge on Chase Utley, which means I want to kill him. I don't care about the leave. Dodgers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've just covered you for legal reasons. Sure. Yeah.
1: Come at me if you want. Uh, Chase Utley directly. Um, yeah. I want
0: to take revenge on Chase Utley. I don't much care about the Dodgers. Chase Utley, giant Chelsea fan, in case you were wondering. No Makes fucking sense. shit. Makes sense.
1: Chase, Chase Utley, probably a fan of some uh, European leaders from 1939 to 1945 <laughs> as well.
0: <laughs> just based on his overall appearance a, and demeanor. A, a, allegedly. Um, is I didn't this say from... who. Okay, that's true. <laughs> FDR? How dare you? <laughs> uh, I don't think it's Eisenhower.
1: Let's this put it is, that this way. This
0: is from Cole. What's the weirdest trade you could think of in NWR history? Not like a bad weird, like a boot trade, but straight-up weirdest one you could think of. Didn't we trade for Emerson and Eaton? Uh, we sure did. And that was weird.
1: And I think Hagelin was involved in that, too.
0: Uh, yeah, that's, that one's like just comes top top of my head. I, weird ones that just even during the podcast this history. I don't know. I don't want like, I I probably Eric Stahl. I, I was going to say Eric Stahl. Yeah. I just, to this day, I don't know
1: why I, it's it never been sense. explained to me. Why?
0: No, I don't like this next question. Cause even the first sentence makes my stomach hurt. Like yours. Oh. Uh, it's <laughs> M. Canick says, is Brett Brennan off by the Brett Brady of prod, prospects <laughs> <laughs> overhyped so, by segments of the fan base. Let me finish real quick. So yeah. Demanded early and then ultimately average or worse. Or are there comparisons between some of our NYR prospects and recent MLB call-ups? Uh, prospects that would provide perspective.
1: Brett Beatty immediately went down to AAA and hit two home runs in his first two games with Syracuse, by the way, which leads of me course. to think that AAA pitching is the worst it's ever been.
0: Possibly. Uh, look, I, I think Brett Othman has one special talent and that's his shot. And that is going to take him further enough to be a, a NHL talent kind of no matter what. The rest of it, could, he he could be a bottom sixer and that's all the Rangers need him to be. He's probably not the dynamic top six player we think he can be. But even if he's a bottom six, that's a gigantic win. It's so, huge.
1: Yeah, there there are two things I think are worth touching on here. The first is my biggest problem, and yours to a lesser extent, but definitely my bugaboo. I just hate prospect hugging. Everybody's teams, your favorite team's prospects aren't as good as you think they are. I wish they were. I do. This, is, this applies to the Rangers, the Mets, whoever your favorite team is. Brennan Othman gets talked about in ranger circles and gets hyped up in ranger circles because there's nobody else to talk about. And that makes people believe he's something bigger than he is. But you can go back not that too distant. Ryan, there were people saying they wouldn't include Niels Lundqvist in a trade for Jack Eichel. I just hate prospect hugging. It's the worst thing in sports fandom. We all want to be fucking billy bean we all want to be Moneyball. we all want to think we can, we know seven dimensional chest and we can project what the rangers lineup is going to look like in 2026 what brendan Othman's going to do all these great things instead of just letting these kids develop he's a fine prospect he's solid he should have an nhl career which is more than you can say for most people drafted at 16th overall in the national hockey league it's very rare for a guy taken at Brennan Othman's position to have even a 10-year career and if he has a 10-year career, averaging 35 points a season, but getting 20 goals because he has a superior shot, and he essentially becomes like, uh, shit, what was that guy's name? He was he was on the Rangers for a little bit, but he had one random 22-goal season with Calgary.
0: Oh, uh, fuck. He went to New Jersey as well? No. Yeah, I think so. I think he did. It's Michael. No. Uh... No, not
1: a Michael. I want to say it was a Brandon. Anyway, great podcast. I know what
0: you're talking about. He was a fourth liner. Uh, Yeah. I I know exactly what you're talking about. But he had a good shot, so he had an NHL career.
1: Yes. Neither here nor there. It's fine. If Brendan Othman's that, that's good. Second, and this is going to hurt Rangers uh, fans' opinions, as much as I hate Brett Beatty, rightfully so, he's not good, Brendan Othman wishes he had the prospect type Brett Beatty did.
0: This is also true.
1: Plenty of... Talent evaluators, baseball insiders, Baseball America, baseball prospectus, fan graphs. You go down the list. Brett Beatty was a top 25 prospect in the sport. Brennan Othman is lucky to be on top 50 lists. Now, some of that is probably because Brennan Othman essentially lost a career of his, a year of his development because he didn't want to go back to juniors and be bored and play hockey. At the same time, that shit gets weighed into it. And the fact that Othman wind his way through a season of development is not a good look. And isn't a great harbinger of things to come. Brett Brett Beatty is a better prospect than Brennan Othman. And that's not to say Brennan Othman is going to be worse than Brett Beatty. I think Brett Beatty has been overhyped. The fact of the matter is, Othman has never reached the level Beatty has as a prospect. But no, I just, I'm completely against prospect hugging. Um, I I, I just, I, I think fans are trying to be too smart with their picks they're not paying enough attention to other teams prospects so they think their prospects are naturally better i have to check you on matthew robertson all the time for this type of stuff yeah i just I, i i'm i think there's a there are less people who are like me and more people who are like i think the majority of ranger fans that want to believe their top prospects are going to be this next great thing when in reality We'll be lucky if Brendan Othman has a seven-year ranger career. That'll Perot, be great. Perot is
0: three times the prospect Bren, Brendan Othman is. It's like yeah, legitimately.
1: Yeah, probably. Because he was a guy that was should have gone top 10 and fell for reasons that are unexplained. And, and prospect guys we class. really
0: like have him like in the top 15 overall. Yeah. O- overall. Othman doesn't cut like make those lists. He's like usually honorable mention. and And that's as far as it goes.
1: Yeah, and... For example, as much as I love a guy, I do love Kevin Parada as a prospect. He was immediate. He immediately became the fifth best prospect in the Mets system the second they traded for other teams' prospects because the Mets system is not that very good. Correct.
0: Correct. Just because he's a top prospect doesn't mean he's actually a top prospect. Correct.
1: There, are, there are levels to this thing. And no, I, I don't think Brett. I don't think Othman is Brett Beatty because I think, like you said, Othman has a tangible skill that's going to translate to a long NHL career. In which he could score 20 goals in a season, for sure. But I don't know if Othman, like, I'm not gonna sit here and say Othman's a lock to ever get 60 points in a season.
0: Next question is such an August question. It's one of the most August questions I've ever read. Assuming the next 10 years go well, buddy. <laughs> buddy, I need to live the next 10 days. Uh after Kreider Mika, and Fox and Igor. Who is the most next likely to get their number retired? And why is it Keionger Miller? It's actually a player not on the roster. That is actually true. Uh Those are the only guys that might get their, their numbers retired. And a I'm, lot of it is contingent on if they actually win the cup. And yeah. if Kreider finishes his
1: career here. I think Kreider is going to get his number retired. Fox too. I? Well, yes. Because Fox is one of the two best defensemen to ever play for the Rangers. All Fox has to do from this point forward is have an average career. It's
0: play play for the Rangers. Yeah. That's all he has to
1: do. Guess what? He's under contract to do so. Yep. Um,
0: sure. I'm not convinced
1: Mika gets his number retired. I, name. Think, I think Mika, whether, you know, whether you ding a player for not being homegrown or not, Mika is an outside-of-the-organization player. So, to me, I think you need to have your name on the cup in order to In the Rangers' eyes, get your number up there. So I'm also not convinced on Igor. Yeah, Igor's been amazing. And if Igor stays amazing and stays a Ranger, sure, I can see it. But goalies are so fickle, it wouldn't be a shock to me if Igor has a four-year peak and then either one leaves or two loses, whatever that special thing is that he has. Um, To me, Kreider, I'd say Kreider is about 90% sure. I'd say Fox is about 75% sure. Then I'm at about... 40% 40% for Mika and about 25% for Igor. um, yep. And then I, listen, I don't, I don't know if it's Keandre. Obviously we're saying this because Keandre has superstar potential. And if his game continues to develop in the way that we think it will, one, the Rangers will never want to lose him. And two, he's going to be a star in this league. All those things are true. I'm not going to sit here and say, I expect him to be more likely than like Ryan Lindgren. Lindgren you could if if the Rangers lock up Lindgren to a long-term contract you're talking about a guy that's going to end his career as a 13-year player with the New York Rangers or Who something crazy is like, like a that. heart
0: and soul of a team yeah legitimately
1: yeah even more so than the Girardi's and the stalls of the world so which is
0: like shocking to say but I think you're right
1: yeah like I don't think Keandre has a better shot I first of all I'm not advocating for Ryan Lindgren to have his number retired, but I would be lying of God, if I said that, it yes. was <laughs> like, if we're, if we're projecting 10 years forward, I'm lying to you. If I say keandre has got a better shot than Lindgren, just based on Lindgren checks the box for the old hockey fan, the Facebook hockey fan, the Twitter hockey fan, the analytic fan, you go down the yeah, list, he's, line, got it all. he's got it all. At the same time, I would never give him a six plus year contract. No
0: fucking way. No chance. Uh, that's been BSBOT. Oh, gee, Jesus, oh Jesus Christ! Christ. That's, that's been the regular show uh-huh. <laughs> that we've done for 404 weeks. Um, we'll be back next week with uh, more fun stuff, and I'll be hopefully less miserable. Yeah, what hopefully. could possibly? Oh, let's see. What would um. I have to talk about?
1: I got to, this weekend's a busy weekend for me, man. I'm seeing a comedian on Sunday. You know Sam okay. Morell. I do. Yeah, going to see him with our friend nice. Matt Valley on Sunday. Nice. Uh, I'm going really excited about this one. A bougie friend of ours, who may appear on some of these extra bonus podcasts with me, uh, she got tickets from work to take me to Saratoga Performing Arts Center. We are going to see Jurassic Park with live orchestra, and we what? have VIP tickets.
0: <laughs> what? Uh huh. That sounds insane.
1: I am gonna, I'm gonna be my best version of myself on Saturday, Ryan. That's right, what I well, think. Okay. Jesus.
0: Okay. Well, you have actually a good time. I'm gonna be miserable. <laughs> Um, Well,
1: I also, you know, I got to worry about my fantasy team. You're done worrying about that
0: shit. I'm going to hang this fucking phone up right now.
1: (laughs) So sick. I I learned today that our first round matchups two weeks. I didn't even know that. I'm going to throw up. All right. I love
0: you guys. (laughs) Uh, I'll talk to you guys next week. Follow us on X or whatever. Bye. Hey, it's the end of the show. So this is the part where I misread names. That's right. Last week, I thanked my friend Dan. And this week, I'm thanking all of you for supporting this show and listening to us throughout the summer. little teaser in the upcoming weeks. We're going to do a pre-recording of 10 Bold Predictions. We're also going to do nice hangs, or good hangs, round two, which should be super fun. Without further ado, Adam Cassie, Adam Cohen, Adam Cotullo, Adam Linder, Adam Keach, Alex Flynn, Alex Gardner, Amber Coensberger, Andrew Rauner, Anthony Gray, Anthony Monturo, Anthony Terragata, Ben Weber, Ben Waters, Bennett, Willow Bill Allison, Bill Rattel, Brandon Lacos, Brandon Magnum, Brett Granger, Brett McGinnis, Brian Dole, Brian, Dole, Brian, Do- Brian Doherty, Brian Gallagher, Brian Mallon, Brian Farrells, Cassidy Roman, Chris Finelli, Chris Howard, CJ Stellwagen, Connor Repeat Damage, Daniel De- Delaney, Daniel Dezen, uh, David Aridan, David Siegel, Dennis Deitz, Darian, Eric Stagg, Garrett Reynolds, Greg talks about the Mets. I, I listened, it was mostly me talking today. Gratsky McFly, Hayak, Hayak, White- Hayak. Hayak? Hayak, waivers, Harris, Nasco, Hello, Vanilla, Hippie, Eighty Nine, E. Rodriguez, Jack Bagley, J- James Masker, Jerry Marquez, Jason Stumer. Next page: Jason Zabriskie, Jimmy Mack, John Hardesty, John Shea, Thund- Johnny, Thunder- Johnny Thundercock, Jordan, Josh Kestenbaum, Christopher Florida, Christoph Berg, Leshik, Gronowski, Luigi, or down on Matthew Goodwin, Meatball, the Cat, Matthew Kine, Mike Kanick, Mike Bucklaw, Mike Menasko, Mike Pasternak, Nate Hannafy, Neil Grover, Nicholas DiNicola, Other Slash, Pascal Perrier, Paul J. Smith, Pavel. Phoenix Ignition pages. PJ Disparo, Pearl World Gamer, Randy Tester, for Swingart, Togda Shamus, Drop BK, Tommy Sinclair, Tommy Tedeschi, Tommy Tony O'Neill, Tony Gregory, Tori from Manhattan, the original supporter, Vinny Brocco Vinny Hey, Wayne E, Wayne E, Wayne E, Will Specter and Winston the Golden Retriever, bark, 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 bark. Thank you so much again for another episode listening to this stupid show that we do every single week. I love you all. Sorry that I wasn't there for the interview. I'll be there for you in the future. We will see you again next week. Love you guys. Bye.